When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a late night edition of Catfish on Ice. It's coming up on 11 o'clock on the East Coast where I'm at right now, 10 o'clock back home in Nashville. This is Chad Mitten with Max Greenberg bringing you episode 222 of Catfish on Ice. Coming up on the trade deadline, Max, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well. I'm honestly, I'm for surprised. I'm confused now. It looked we were going to sell, everything was going to blow up, and now we won six straight games. Don't you love how the anymore. Don't you love how this Predators team just loves to troll their fans? Oh my I, god, it's a never-ending cycle. You just Yeah, I I I I don't know anymore. I just don't know. I, I threw out I threw out the gif on social media the other day. Um basically just when the all Predators fans are in unison that they want the team to lose so that they will finally sell and get pushed over that cliff, they win 6 games in a row and I threw out the Will Ferrell uh, anchor man we are laughing uh gif. Because that's kind of that's all you can do is just laugh. It's just so it's yeah. such perfect timing. It's like a six game winning streak, the first ever five game road game sweep in franchise history, which is just incredible in and of itself. Um, I know they've beaten some lower hanging fruit type of teams, but we are going to break that down in the opening face off tonight. What is fueling? This six-game winning streak. What have me and Max seen that has changed this team? What has flipped? There's a lot of different factors that we can cover that's really impressed us over this uh, six-game winning streak. So we will get into that. It, um, it a lot, lot to un- unpack there. Then we're going to move into our top trade deadline scenarios. I've got four different scenarios that seem like are the top scenarios that could happen for the Predators going into the trade deadline. So that will be fun. Also got to unpack the latest playoff odds from Money Puck because the Preds playoff odds have drastically changed since this six-game winning streak began at the St. Louis Blues. So that will be interesting. We'll look at all the different teams. We'll see if we, me and Max agree with Money Puck's playoff odds some pretty interesting uh, numbers and all of that. So we'll look at that. We're going to close it out with some talk about UC Soros. And of course he is the, one of the biggest trade possibilities on the entire NHL trade market, not just among goalies. It would be one of the biggest trades of the year. We know that goalies don't historically get traded mid season. It just doesn't happen very often, but if you go on NHL trade deadline in a Google search right now, UC Soros is all over it. All of the major NHL writers out there are covering it. A lot of good info. We saw some recent stuff from Frank Sarabelli talking about it. Uh, Pierre Lebrun's out there. A lot of the local media is doing a great job covering this story. It's all over the airwaves right now. So we're going to wrap yeah. up the episode. Me and Max are going to put on our GM hats here, and we are going to say, what what would we want in return to trade UC Soros and get this thing over the finish line? Because me and Max have both been very clear, and I've been saying this since last summer. 
got the receipts to prove it. I've been saying you absolutely trade Usaris. I remember me and Rich Howe, our former co-host, had a really deep conversation about this back in June of last summer. And I said then, if it's an offer you can't refuse, it will hurt like hell, but you got to trade Usaris. I said that last summer. I still feel that way. So that's how we'll end up episode 222. We are brought to you by DraftKings. Thank you for joining us on this late Wednesday evening. Uh, brought to you by DraftKings, promo code THPN. We'll tell you more about DraftKings later in the episode. Mike Twitter's in the sh- on YouTube right now. What's up, man? He says, Preds riding hot, yo, six in a row. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also asking for a birthday shout-out, guys. It's my 40th hey. birthday. Glad to be hanging out with you guys. Happy I'm birthday to you, Mike. Mike Twitter's been with us since the beginning. We love him. He is a big part of our Catfish on Ice hockey community. We love you, Mike. We hope you have a great birthday. We are honored that you are spending your big 4-0 with us on episode 222 of Catfish on Ice. So thanks for joining us, man. I hope you had a really good birthday. All right, Max, how about you? The floor is yours. Let, let's get started yep. with you first. Preds, let's set the table here. Preds have won six in a row. Latest yep. win against the Ottawa Senators. Let's Let's throw something out there before you get started on this, Max. And I know you already realized this. I know the Ottawa Senators are in last place, but that team is sneaky good. I think they're much better than their record. They already came down from 3-0 to beat the Predators in Ottawa not that long ago. So I was actually pretty worried about this game. I thought it was very likely, and the Preds have not played good at home at all. I was worried they were going to have a hangover game here after sweeping the road trip and that the Senators might stun them there. But look, they put together a pretty good game all around, and didn't allow a shot on goal in the third period. Yeah. How about that? So yeah. you go, go ahead, Max. The, the floor is yours. And, you know, like Chad said, you know, we know the Senators are not, you know, they're, they're not a very good team. You know, they might, they're, at least offensively speaking, they're better than, you know, it might seem. But I don't care how bad a team is that you're playing. When you don't allow a single shot over the course of a 20-minute period of play, you're doing good things. And Absolutely. that's kind of a representation of what I think this has really fueled this win streak for the Preds. And I know it's an obviously easy answer. It might be kind of cliched and over-talked about at this point, whatever it is. But I really think it came down to when the U2 concert was canceled. This team mm-hmm. flipped a switch. Seriously. Like, they're, they're, the intensity has been different. They've been battling hard. They literally, they're leaving it all on the ice. And even in some of the games, like the game against Anaheim on this past Sunday night, where I thought for the first two periods of play, they really didn't play their best hockey at all. But in the third period, they were hanging around and they cranked it up and they got two critical goals to take the lead and essentially win that game. I mean, it's the things that the Preds are doing to, you know, work hard, battle hard, and do the things even against bad teams that contribute to winning hockey. And it's, of course, UC Sarson has been playing really well. And I don't think he's had one bad game over this stretch. And Kevin Lincoln has played two of those games. So it's not all him, obviously, but it's part of it. But really, I think what's feeling this stretch, I mean, you could see last night, the Preds are they're battling hard. And also, they're getting timely things to go their way. You know, there was a time, a lot of time last night that, the, for example, the Preds came out really hot to start the game last night. Then for a while, they really cooled off and were on the defensive end. But then they got a goal in the second period, and it was kind of even in the third period. They just absolutely took off and were lights out. And yeah, it's just those winning, you know, battling hard, playing hard and, and making timely plays. 
Yeah, so I got it up on the screen there for everybody to see. This was uh, from Dimitri uh, on uh, X, a popular uh, follow on 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 anything NHL related. And look at this: the third period via natural stat trick that the Predators put up here. Shot attempts thirty-seven to two, unblocked shot attempts twenty-five to zero, shots on goal nineteen zero, high danger chances seven. Zero. That is just crazy. I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And like <laughs> I said, the Senators have some playmakers on offense. They are a young, fast team. They were expected to be much better than they've been this year. And so, I mean, I know people like to just say, oh, the Preds are just beating up on these um Lesser teams, you know, they beat the Sharks, they uh, beat the Ducks, which the Ducks had their number. So I'm going to count that as yes. an impressive win. Um, I mean, yeah, the Sharks, okay, who cares? But the Sharks have beaten some decent teams lately. There are no pushovers in the NHL, we know this. A six-game winning streak is nowhere on the level of the Milwaukee Admirals in their 19 games in a row. But a six-game winning streak in the NHL is impressive no matter who you do it against. And... To do it on five of those six being on the road, beating some current playoff teams in that stretch, including L.A., Vegas, and St. Louis, St. Louis at the time was in the playoffs. You got to tip your cap. That's a quality win. You got to tip your cap. You got to tip your cap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So good stuff there. The Predators are starting to catch a lot of people's attention right now. Um, but, of course, that pesky trade deadline. You know, it's coming. And – we got to start for first opening face off. Of course, let's talk about what do you see, Max? That's actually what what switch has really been flipped. What's something that stood out the most that has fueled this six game winning streak for the Predators? You know, kind of like you know, like I, I wish I could expand on what I said a little bit ago, but it's honestly, it's really bad. It's just you know, because if we at least if we went if we go from you know the first few games out of the All Star break. To them, when that week was really bad, especially in those games against the Devils and Stars, they were getting worked off the pucks. They weren't fast. They weren't sharp. They weren't doing anything that resembled winning hockey whatsoever. But then they just, I don't know what it was. They just started playing much more determined. And again, but I think a big part of it too is just like, you know, one thing we talk about, we've said on this podcast before, and it's something you, Chad, especially have said, you know, the mark of playing good hockey is, you know, whenever some days you're, when you're not necessarily playing your best hockey, you still find a way to get it done. That was exactly what that Anaheim game was in that third period. The Preds, Philip Forsberg got a goal, and ever since then, the Preds got an absolute avalanche of pressure and got out to a 3-1 lead. The game against Ottawa, you know, they were kind of under siege for a bit, but didn't let it get away from them. They come in that third period, absolutely, absolutely dominate. And also another one, if I, now here's what I will say, kind of expanding on what I said. If I did pick one group that's really, you know, playing well and kind of elevating this team's play right now, and I know it, there's going to be a lot of right, eyes rolled at this, and, you know, these guys are not going to be the guys that you want to win your games. But the fourth line of Smith, McCarron, Sherwood is grinding right now, especially Mike McCarron since he got that contract extension. There, I, it maybe except for like one game, I could point out one at least one play from every game where he's made a difference. That man that, is that, on a roll. That uh, that spin spin around goal he made, where he just kind of 
flip the quick wrister right there, yeah. kind of outside the slot. I had to yeah. double double take to th- to make sure that wasn't like a Philip Forsberg type of play. Yeah, right. I mean, that's crazy to think about that to even compare the two. But yeah, I mean, Michael McCarron's paying dividends right now. He's he's finding ways, and you know, people are going to laugh at this as well. But Michael McCarron is the type of player that can help you win a playoff series. And I know people are going to laugh at that and they think I'm being sarcastic. I am not. Is he ever going to take over a playoff series? No, but you got to, to win a playoff series. You've got to have lines one through four, all pulling the rope in the Mm -hmm. right direction, you know? And Michael McCarron is certainly one of those players that is pulling the rope in the right direction on that fourth line. So everyone has a role to play. If you're going to be a great team, everyone's got to play their role well. Michael McCarron's playing his role pretty damn well. You cannot yeah. argue that. No, and you know a lot of what I said about you know why I was one of the few who was actually a big fan of that contract extension. I said, well, look him in the locker room and what he's done for the vibes, everything. I might have underestimated, but the way he's playing these past few games, not saying he's going to keep it up necessarily. He won't. He's a fourth line grinder. He is what he is, but. I mean, it's ever all of the ice. I've seen him have some critical back checks, disrupt play from the other team. Even the game against San Jose wasn't just scoring goal. He had a beautiful pass to Kiefer Sherwood to set up the first goal. He's impacting the game everywhere right now. Yeah. I mean, there's not one I can say where he's been a weakness at all in these past few games. I would so, say, um... I dare say, I mean, it's a hard thing to say, but besides, you know, your top guns, he's, been a top three player on this team in the win streak i know that's again i know that's crazy to say but he's been lighting it up he's been a huge x factor mark michael mccarron has scored goals in the last two games and in here's another so here's a thing that really sticking out to me in this six game winning streak the predators are getting off to fast strong starts in games they are they're they're not stumping they're not they're not stubbing their toe out of the tunnel and into the opening face-off and finding themselves having to dig themselves out of a hole going into the first intermission. I'm double-checking right now, but I'm pretty sure during this six-game winning streak, they've been the first team to score in each of those games. Yeah, they have, I yes. Make, I can, they, I can are, 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 can you confirm yep. that? Okay, cool. Yep. And so yes. that's really cool. Um, I'm not saying you always have to score first to win the game, but I, I also I, I don't remember the exact number, but when teams score first, it is like some magic spell that just gives you yeah. an, an enormous advantage to win the game. So you love these fast starts. That's what sticks out to me. Definitely more steady goaltending from UC Soros, but I think that goes hand in hand with he's been getting better defense Absolutely. in front of him as well. Yes. But Soros is definitely making, he's not letting the soft goals in like he no. was there for a while. And he's stepping up and making the critical saves when he has to. It seems like he's calmed down a little bit, almost like he, almost like he's shut out maybe some of the outside noise and he's just focusing. We know Soros does this. He gets hot right at the right time towards the end of the season. And we can only hope, of course, if he doesn't get traded and he does end up staying on this team throughout, we can only hope that the best is yet to come from Soros because if that happens, then – the Predators should be heading back to the Stanley Cup playoffs this year if if Soros can stay in on one of his hot streaks to close out the rest of the season. You would think that the Predators should be a lock to get one of those wild card spots. So yes. I do think Soros is definitely seeing the puck better, but I think credit to his defense in front of him who's making life a lot easier on Juice. 
Yeah, and I also think part of it too is, and oh, I'm getting a call here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh you my gosh! That. How how dare them? <laughs> it better be it better be important. But anyway, part of part of it also too. Kevin Lincoln and also in the two games he's played in the um, win streak, they've also been. He's also been really solid. That game, I would argue, yeah. he's the biggest reason the Preds came out on top of that Anaheim game. He was—he had a lot of crit critical stops, a lot of them. Definitely did. He didn't face a lot of shots against Vegas, but he did make 23 of 26 saves. Not a great save percentage, but I do remember in that game uh, when Vegas made their push towards the end of the game, Lankanen did step up and make some some really big saves in that game. His, his save percentage wasn't great, but. Um, We'll cover it more when we get into the next segment of trade deadline scenarios, but I think a lot of people are overlooking the fact that it's Kevin Lankanen that's going to get traded, not UC Soros, but that's... The way it looks right now, yeah, for sure. Because you're... I don't see how you keep both of them past the trade deadline because then you're you're, no. you're you're essentially losing Kevin Lankanen for nothing in in the right. offseason. And although although he's not going to get you a massive return, right. don't, don't overlook the fact that teams want a reliable backup goalie um, going into the playoffs. I think about a team like the Colorado Avalanche who could exactly use exactly uh, the team I was thinking of. Yes. I, I, so don't, don't think contenders aren't just looking for starting goalies right now as they head into the playoffs. They're looking for a reliable backup. that can, they can, that they can switch to in an emergency situation. If, their starters not working out. I think about the, the usual suspects that are, are already needing goalie help, whether that's the Edmonton Oilers, who, yeah, they're getting Stuart Skinner, who's playing pretty good, but still, they would probably like to have an insurance policy behind them. The Kings would probably like to have an insurance policy maybe behind David Riddick or um, Cam Talbot. I'm just saying out there, maybe these goalies don't go for broke and get Soros, but they could. They would like to have a cheaper option and get a Kevin Lankinen as their backup going into their playoff run. That that seems way more likely and realistic than Soros getting traded. And not only what you just said about that, but you also got to think about for a team like the Avalanche, they played 60 games and Alexander Georgiev has started 49 of those. I don't think they want that continuing. They're, That's they're, a, they're, go, go ahead. I was just going to say that could be their Achilles heel for the Avalanche. Yeah, they, are and, a, they are a stacked team, but goaltending could unravel them uh, yeah. this year. And what I'm saying with that is, you know, with Georgiev playing 49 of those 60 games, obviously they have Pavel Franzos. He's out for the year, I believe. And their backup right now is currently on the roster. has played five games. They don't want that roster. They don't want that ratio going into the playoffs because if they go with that, Georgiev's just going to get burnt out. I don't think he's like a high-volume goaltender. Like, and I'm not saying he's bad, but I don't think he's a high-volume high goaltender like a guy like Soros or Connor Halibut. So you also, not only do you want a guy, would they prefer, would they... Could they use a guy like Lincoln who could, you know, give him insurance option and say something happened to Georgiev? But just for the sake of not burning Georgiev out before the playoffs start, I mean, you, you, if he right now is on pace to play like what I believe 67 games of the 82, yeah. you get him into the playoffs and he's cooked. You don't want that. And you see this, you see this all the time in the playoffs. Uh, um, you see goalies get chased all the time. And then you had this goalie controversy in the middle of a seven game series and the head coach is getting like blasted at the post game press conference. Are you going to switch in game two to this, to your backup goalie, whoever that might be. The last thing you want, if you're a team like the avalanche is not having anyone to turn to when it's Stanley cup or bust, like your window is wide open. I know they've already won one and, but th this is a good enough uh, team right now 
where they want multiple multiple Stanley Cups. Oh right yeah, now. they're winning it and they want to win now. And, and and didn't they lose in the first round last year to Seattle? Wasn't it like a, yeah yeah? So I mean th- this this franchise is kind of ticked off by, by about what happened last year, and it would be a damn shame if a team that's that good um, has their season end or playoffs end early again because they don't have good enough goaltending. Now I'm not trying to say that Kevin Lankinen is the type of goalie that can carry a team to a Stanley Cup. Probably not. But he's still a good insurance policy, and he would come for rather cheap if you wanted to trade for him. You know, yeah. probably a, a, a mid to late round draft pick is what you would yeah. want. I would I expect so. like a fourth, fourth or fifth round pick. I think it's and, right and that's still better than losing him in free agency, which is definitely going Absolutely. to happen because there's there's no way you're going to take Kevin Lincoln into next season when Irasawa uh, Scarves ready to be called up. So yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll I think me, me and Max are on the same page here. Here's what I got. Let me know if you have anything else. Let me check the comments to see. I um, want to ask everyone who might be in the comments right now, what is sticking out to you during this six-game winning streak for the Predators? We got Joel on Facebook. Thank you for joining, Joel. He says, McCarron has been one of the best surprises this season. He's been excellent. Yes. If we're talk- if we're listing off surprise players this year, yes. Michael, Michael McCarron's got to be one of them, for sure. Absolutely. 100%. I wasn't even sure if Michael McCarron was going to be on this roster with it changing to an Andrew Burnett offensive flashy system. So not only has he completely made the roster for most of the season, but he's actually putting up career best type of numbers for himself. So yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you, Joel. And thank you for commenting on Facebook. Uh, Mike Twitter says penalty on max for the, I guess for the phone ringing. All right. (laughs) Right. Two minutes in the box for uh, max. It's the minor. (laughs) <laughs> all right cool so yeah what me and max got for the fueling the six game winning streak definitely better goaltending from Soros, but that is linked to better defensive play in front of him the depth scoring is definitely showing up as well yakov trenin's yep. gotten back on the score sheet as well during this win streak um good stuff there how about gus nyquist he just has a knack for hitting empty net yeah goals. yeah i mean uh, he from deep from wherever he can't miss no, oh, yeah, he, he Gus Nyquist knows how to make an empty net goal look really, really flashy. And that, and I know again, one of those things you might want to roll your eyes at, but that's not as easy as it would seem, and that's kind of critical to go to be able to score from your own end. They and make that it look precisely. I mean, hockey players make it look really easy, and I can assure you, it is not as easy no. as they make it look at all. It's a small net when you're all the way back two hundred feet away, just about. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a really good precision to make And those. those empty net goals matter. That essentially yeah. slams the door on a team who's giving everything they have to get that last last second goal. I couldn't believe it. I think it was against Vegas, if I'm remembering correctly. I cannot believe how early they pulled the goalie. And I think they, they were down. They were, Or no, it was against L.A. maybe. Yeah, I think it was actually against L.A. where L.A. pulled their goalie with like three and a half minutes left in the game. And I just thought that was too early because they were actually starting to push a little bit to get that tying goal. And I was sweating it and they pulled the goalie with three and a half minutes left. And I just thought that was entirely too early. And then I'm pretty sure that was a, a game again, where uh, Gus Nyquist, let's see, I'm checking it right now. A uh, Colton Sisson's got an empty netter with seven, 17 with three minutes left in regulation. So it was against the Kings. And then they kept the net empty, and then Jeremy Lazan got an empty net goal. So, yeah, that was the game I'm referring to against L.A., which was also one of those games where I just kept waiting for 
the Kings to just kind of take control of that game. I remember there were a lot of uh, – uh, I think Nashville took some a lot of penalties in that game, if I remember correctly. Yossi took a slashing penalty in the first period. McCarron took a unsportsmanlike. Uh, Cole Smith took a high sticking in that, in that game. So the first period was full of penalties. But, yeah, the Predators keep finding different ways to win. But I think all in all, it's the depth scoring. It's better defensive play. And it's uh, better goaltending from Soros. Those are my top three for sure. And getting off to strong starts. Yeah. Well, quick little comment. Not going to go on this because it's not really the Preds. But if you thought pulling the goaltender three minutes was early, well, the other night, Patrick Wall for the Islanders pulled the goaltender with 11 minutes left. Oh, wow. And that went about that went exactly as you thought it would go. Well, hey, I like Patrick Waugh, man. He's an interesting head coach. He, he has is. a really crazy he's known, style. He's been known for that, like, since he was on the Avalanche. He's been known for – he was a goaltender himself, so I don't yeah. know. But. Hey, man, he's fun to watch. He's a fun he head is. coach to watch. I like his style. I do. Um, let's move along here, episode 222 of Catfish on Ice. Thanks for joining us on this late night um, with Chad Minton and Max Greenberg. Going to shift into our top trade deadline scenarios. I've got four – we're going to hit each one of my top deadline scenarios and talk about each one if it ends up happening. Max, I'm going to throw this one at you first. Yep. We have a repeat of 2023 type of trade deadline where the Preds make a big splash and sell off three or four really major key players to their starting lineup. A week ago, I probably would have said yes. Now... I can't be so confident because in, you know, again, be, we don't know this team probably isn't going to win a cup, but like, it's a real thing where when you, when you're winning six in a row, you're that firm in a playoff spot. The Preds are now, they are now um, six points ahead of the next team. And I mean, maybe five now, because I believe St. Louis just went to overtime against Edmonton. So yeah, mm. five points, but still like, that's a, that's a good bit ahead and you're in a win streak. Okay, it was five because again to Calgary, but still the point stands. If you're winning that much in a row, you don't want to disrupt the chemistry like just like that. So yeah, I, I can't be so confident it's going to be a crazy sell-off like we had last year. Yeah. Um, so I look, I, I've seen some rumblings out there that I mean, there's so many players that are being rumored as being on the trade block for the Predators right now. I mean, I, I mean, the list goes on and on. And I mean, I've even seen Gus Nyquist be brought up by some people, like some reputable hockey yeah. writers. I've seen Gus Nyquist be brought up. I've seen Colt Sissons being brought up. I've definitely seen Tommy Novak been brought up a lot. Tommy Novak's being linked to the New York Rangers a lot. Saw his yeah. name come up a lot today. Um, that they're looking for some extra, some some extra offense to their lineup. Um, but to push back against that. Barry Trotz came out today and told the local media that he is getting closer, it seems like, to working out a deal for Novak. Yep. And it seems like both sides are getting closer and closer. But again, you can't take anything more than at face no. value at what a general manager is saying right now because they should be playing chess and not checkers. They could be testing the market. They could be trying to you know, throw some different curveballs out there. So I don't, I'm not calling Barry Trotz a liar, but they're they're playing games right now. Just because a guy says something doesn't mean it's going to change on March 8th and the right deal comes along and Trotz says, well, you know what? We wanted to keep 
Novak, but I can't turn down this. I can't turn down what the Rangers might be offering. So I think Tommy Novak's very possible, and that would really fit into that scenario of making a big splash. Yeah. And, you know, you also got to remember that, you know, like kind of what you said, it's all a lot of it's about gamesmanship, and you don't want to show your hand. That, to the was other. The, that was the word I was actually yeah. trying to, to dig deep and find. So thank yeah. you for that, Max. That was the word. Yeah, I was you don't want, for. you don't want to just show your, it's like when you're playing poker, you don't want to show your hand to the other players. You want to be, you, again, like you said, chestnut checkers, you want to be sneaky and you don't want to get nickel and dime. Charles is the one got nickel and dime. Then, you know, part of with, especially with Soros, if other teams think like, Oh, Preds won six in a row, they're out of it. Well, now, you know, well, you're not getting a, you're not getting a deal done unless you move the heavens and the earth. To get it done, so I mean, if and and for a lot, especially a guy like Soros, if you trade him, you want to get a good return. So of course, Barry Trotz isn't gonna, especially with the team winning six in a row. He doesn't want to just say like, oh, like I'm gonna like sell. You want to keep you want you always want to keep your fellow GMs guessing as to what you're gonna do because the less you can give to your plans, well, the more bargaining power you have. So Trotz, of course, during a six-game winning streak, it's not just going to come out and say, oh, yeah, I'm still going to stick to selling because that's how you get nickel and dimed. He doesn't want that. Yeah, definitely. Um, want to pull up uh, what Trotz had to say from our um, good friend, Nick Nick Kaiser of 102.5 The Game. Let me share that on the screen so everyone can see the um, – the quote I was just referring to. Yep, I saw that. So there, so there you have it. Good stuff from uh, Nick Kaiser of 102.5 The Game. He does awesome work. Um, so yeah, Barry Trotz says, uh, this from Nick Kaiser. Uh, Barry Trotz says he spoke to Novak's representative today about a new deal. And quote, the framework is there. We have to make sure the years and numbers match. I don't think I can let a player like Tommy Novak go. Thank you. I don't you. think he's saying unless he's confident. That's just me though. And so that's how I feel. That's how I have felt about this. So I appreciate Trotz. At least he's putting it out there. Like I said, he could be have, doing some gamesmanship here. And it doesn't mean that Tommy Novak's for sure not going to be traded. Right. It just means that Trotz probably does want to keep Tommy Novak. What I said about that is you, you just really cannot let a homegrown talent like Novak go. I think that would be taking two steps backwards depending on obviously what a team like maybe the Rangers would be willing to give us. Of course, every player has their price, but I just, I, th I think that's going two steps back when you, when Tom, and I know some people think that Tommy Novak's not that great. I've been getting that from some fans lately. I disagree. I highly I disagree. disagree too. The, the analytics do not agree with that. The, the eye test does not agree with that. Um, the, the basic numbers do not agree with that. Tommy Novak is one of the most efficient point scorers on this team over the last season and a half. If you count this season and last season, Novak is probably the most efficient point scorer behind Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg on this team. In fact, he actually is because I've done the math. He is the most efficient player on this team offensively. And the sky's the limit, especially if you yeah. give him the right line mates. So, Trading him away just doesn't make sense to me when there are much more tradable assets that you can trade and get value out of, like Yakov Trenin. Um, no offense to Trenin, but I would trade Trenin and be much happier about it than I would yeah. trade Novak. And Trenin can get you value. Trenin, 
a lot of playoff teams would love to have Trennan in their bottom six because of the things Trennan does, penalty killing, hard hitting, physicality, all the stuff you need in the in the playoffs. So I'm not a I'm not a fan of no of Novak, Novak being traded. And so I'm very happy to see that from Trotz, but it doesn't mean he won't be traded either. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree. And I I will say I feel like the only reason that there are people who don't think Novak is very good is because he came back solved after that injury. Before that injury, he was nearly a point per game guy. Yeah. So I, what? Uh, so so if this scenario happens, Preds make a big splash like in twenty twenty three and sell. Um, what other players would have to be included in a quote unquote big splash? Obviously, Soros. We already talked about that. So let's yeah. let's move to a different player because we've talked about trading Soros at Agnosium, and we're going to talk about Soros to close out this episode. Yeah. So let's give a break on talking about Soros. Let's talk about another player that you would consider a big splash if they traded traded this player. I think if you're going scorched earth and say sell everyone you can and make sense, I think Gus Nyquist has to be in there because he's having a really good year. He's on pace for like a 65 to 70 point season. It's going to be – I think that's a career year anyway. Yeah. Whatever year he's having – I highly doubt he's going to be that good next year. And if you're having a sell-off, you got to take advantage of that. And because there's easily a team that I think, like, you know, even for a team like the Avalanche, who you said they don't have really great goaltending, well, they don't have really great depth either. And they would, I would think they'd easily trade a first-rounder, maybe even a little more for a guy like Nyquist so they can help them. That's a legit add to their top six. But, yeah, and I, I think for the from the Preds' point of view, if you – um. If, if you um, are, are selling everyone and I think Nyquist has to be in there because I don't think his value is ever going to be higher than it is now. Yeah, definitely. That Maybe would be in the off season, but that, like, I think that, that would be considered a, if they dealt Nyquist, that would be a big splash for sure. Yeah. Um, let's get back to our friend Joel on Facebook. Joel says Novak isn't worth 4 million a year. If that's really what he's asking for, if true, they should deal him. 4 million is pretty steep. I do agree. It depends on the length there. I think if it's like two or three years, I think you can live with it. The reason why I think that is steep is because Novak just doesn't have enough NHL experience right. to just go full in like that and commit to him. So that might be what's holding it up. It, it, yeah. Good. And then, so I see where Joel's coming from there, even though, man, that would hurt. That would hurt my soul because I just love seeing homegrown talent thrive for this franchise because – We've seen it happen with goaltenders. We've seen it happen with defensemen. We have not seen very many homegrown players become elite forwards. We've always chased that elusive top-line center, you know? And even though right. we do have Ryan O'Reilly, we've never had that homegrown top-line center. O'Reilly won't be here that long. And I'm not saying Novak has to be a top-line center. I'm just saying he is homegrown, and he's got a really high ceiling. So it would just really hurt my soul to see him just traded away so fast. Um, let's bring up Colton Sissons. Joel also brings up Colton Sissons in the comments on Facebook. Uh, Colton Sissons would definitely be a big splash for me because he's a lifelong Nashville Predator. He has been around since the Stanley Cup run when he had the uh, hat trick in those playoffs against the Ducks in the conference finals the whole hashtag Sissons scored. So many fans love Colton Sissons just like they loved Matias Ekholm, just like they loved Tanner Janot and how much it hurt to see those guys get traded. That would be hard, but I'm not saying Colton Sissons is high up on the trade probability, 
but he could be traded. And here's why I say that the dude is such a bargain. I mean, he yes. doesn't even make, he doesn't even make 3 million a year and he's on a, he's not a rental either. So anyone who would be trading for him would be getting a player who they're going to have around for a couple more years and at that same bargain price. So Colton Sissons is a very attractive player for a team, not just a playoff. Here's my thing about that. I actually think that Colton Sissons would be attractive to even teams who are rebuilding. Yeah. Who are because just because you're rebuilding doesn't mean you're not looking to buy at this deadline. Let's not just look at the contenders here. There's going to be rebuilding teams who are going to be looking to pick up bargain players as well. Colton Sissons is a type of player who can really help propel a rebuild for a team because he's got that leadership quality. He's got that two-way game. So there's there if you if you shop Colton Sissons, there's gonna be a lot of teams who are gonna be interested in him. Yeah. And what's funny about Colton Sissons to me is like there are a lot of people who, you know, want this team to sell, but he's like the one guy everybody wants to keep. And that just shows I how would, valuable and, he is. And you know how you know how big of a fan I am of Colton Sissons. Oh, yeah. He's like he's up there for me as high as what Craig Smith was for me when they when they didn't re-sign Craig Smith in free agency, which I'm still bitter about. But <laughs> um that would be a big splash. If you I'm not saying all three of these are going to happen, but if they were to trade Gus Nyquist, Colton Sissons, and what was who was the other player we brought Soros? up? Maybe not Soros. Novak. Novak, Novak. If those three, that's three forwards. If you traded three starting forwards, key forwards in your starting lineup, that would be scorched earth, like you just said. That would be a big splash. That yeah. would be Trot saying, I don't believe in this team right now in terms of winning a Stanley Cup. We, I know they've won six in a row or whatever it is, and we're in the playoff hunt, but I can't be fooled here. I don't see that happening with this six-game winning streak happening, just like you just said, Max, but yeah. man, that would be the definition of a big splash if Absolutely. some combination of those three got traded at the same time. Sure. And of course, and of course, if UC Saros got traded, that would yeah. be a big splash. Um, all right, let's move to my next scenario. Preds sit idle, and they roll the dice on the 2024 free agents. That means that Trotz basically says, I like what this team's doing right now. I still believe in them. Not only do I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they can get hot in the playoffs. That will be to the dismay and will tick off a lot of fans. But, wow. Do you, could you see any possibility that Trotz pretty much does nothing at the deadline? Maybe this is me having wishful thinking, but I honestly don't think that's going to happen. And I bring up from, there was an article that came out from The Athletic from Pierre Lebrun today. Mm -hmm. And some quotes from there was, one of them said, right now I'm listening to everything. I have to play both sides of the fence. And another quote, um, this one kind of was tweeted by our good friend Boyd, who's, he's been on the episode of this, um, he's been on the podcast a few times and he's always tweeting out really good things. He, the he, one quote that he tweeted that really stood out to him and his stands out to me as well it said it was then keep growing and become a team that can become on a regular basis for division titles and championships we're still not there mm. yeah so i i don't think the preds are going to just going to sit idle and idle and do nothing i think that we don't and i'm not saying it's going to be scorched earth but i think it's going to be a little well, we're going to get to that we're going to get to that we got yeah. two more scenarios after this I don't think this is going to happen either, but I had to throw this scenario out there just because it has to be one that you mention at least because um, anything is possible. I do think it would be 
front office malpractice by trots if he just did nothing. Yep. It'd be one thing if this was a Preds team that entered the season with really high expectations and they just went through some lulls, but they still have a championship type of roster and they're finally starting to click. Then you could look at a, uh, a situation where trots would say, all right, my team's finally figuring out they're playing like they should have played all year. Let's let, let's, let's forge ahead into the playoffs. We're getting hot at the right time. I kind of look at the Kings as a team. That's like that. Yes. The King, the Kings did start the season pretty strong and then they really opened up the new year in 2024. They were awful. They were so bad. Yep. And that's why they, that's why they find themselves in the wild card race now is because they had such a bad January and part of February as well. I look at them as the type of team that even though they're going to buy, I look at the Kings as the type of team where they're like, okay, we're getting hot at the right time. We'll be fine. The Predators aren't that team. No. So, and you can't roll the dice on your 2024 free agents to keep them all together because yeah. then you're just basically saying, and it's Stanley Cup or bust, which we know this ain't a Stanley Cup or bust team. And then you're guaranteed to lose um, a few of these free agents for nothing when you could have traded them. So that's why it would be front office malpractice if yep. this scenario happened. So let's go ahead and draw a huge red X through that yep. scenario. It, Preds sit idle, roll the dice on their 2024 free agents. They better sure as hell not do that. No. Right. All right. Let's get to the next scenario here. That is, this is personally my favorite scenario, and I think it's going to be the favorite scenario. I think, I think it's the favorite scenario of a lot of people. Preds sell cautiously, but they stay playoff ready. And what I mean by that is you can have your cake and eat it too here, people. You can do both. You don't have to. No one says you have to sell and still and wave the white flag and say, we suck. We don't want to make the playoffs. That you Trots can figure out a way to do both here. He can still trade some guys, get some draft capital, maybe get a prospect, get a good prospect for the to to add to an already really improving prospect pool that many many scouts say the Preds have a top ten prospect pool right now. Um, how could you not say that when you look at what the Milwaukee Admirals are doing? Right. But yeah, let's say we can add a, a decent prospect, maybe even get an NHL ready type of player. That'd be nice too. But really, I think it's all about getting more draft picks, um, freeing up maybe a lot, a little bit more cap space if you can in the process, and really give yourself a lot to work with in the um, upcoming offseason. As your salary cap's about to go up finally, um, not much, but at least it's going up. Uh, so it figures to be a 2024 offseason where the Preds can make a lot of moves if they choose to in the offseason. Um, when it comes to free agency and stuff like that. So this is my favorite scenario. We'll, we'll get to the last scenario, but this is my favorite of the four. Preds sell cautiously, but stay playoff ready. How do you see that scenario breaking out, Max? If that were I, I, I think I think that's you're you're dead on with what you said. And I think you know another um I think another um quote that um from this one was from Jeff Merrick, who works for um Sportsnet. He was talking about how the um the Preds and the Oilers might be two teams to watch as teams that can get a deal done before the trade deadline. He was saying that, you know, he's heard that, you know, and, you know, he sees the Predators as a team that, you know, they're, they're too good. They're, you know, they're too good right now to be just sell off everything. You know, he's said, you know, if he, he, one thing he said, and it was said a lot today, if they're in a playoff spot, you can pretty much forget about UC Soros going anywhere. But he also said they're not good enough where, 
they can just let people go for nothing. And what he really meant by that specifically is he said he mentioned two guys by name, Alexander Carrier and the guy, the other guy we talk, we talk about, Tommy Novak. He said, if those guys enter March 8th with no deal done, you're probably going to see them traded, which yes. especially for Novak, that would hurt. But what's Philip Forsberg two years ago? Would you want him to keep him past the deadline and potentially lose him for nothing? We got lucky with Forsberg. We got very I, lucky. I don't, don't want to push our luck. I thought again. he was gone. But let me get back to something real quick, and then we got to get caught up on some comments here because we got some yep. good comments coming in. But um, Novak and Carrier have become my two most likely players that will be traded. It, it it wasn't that way a few weeks ago. This is my thinking has changed on this. It used to be I was thinking Yakov, Trennan, you know, Kiefer Sherwood, players like that were going to get traded. But now, because it's drug out for so long when it comes to Novak, I thought Novak would have been re-signed by now. I really did. So there's that. Alexander Carrier, he, he, he is a very valuable trade asset right yeah. now. And he can definitely, we didn't mention him in our big splash, but of the first scenario, but man, Carrier has got a lot to like for a contender right now. He moves the puck. He's, he's a transition guy. He's a two-way defenseman. He leads this team in block shots. He even leads Roman Yossi in that category. And Ryan McDonough, you would think, you would think that Ryan McDonough or Roman Yossi would be a shoe in to be the leading leader in blocks, especially with how much ice time. They, they accumulate, but no, it's Alexander Carrier. He leads this team in blocks, um, which you got to have shot blockers in, in the playoffs. You got to have guys who are willing to get in those shot lanes, throw their bodies out there. Um, the Preds overall in general have become a pretty good team at blocking shots lately. That's another thing that's really been standing out in their six-game winning streak is blocking shots. But yeah, Alexander Carrier seems like the uh, a player that's very, very likely to get traded. I agree. His yeah. days are probably numbered. And he's probably going to go to a really good team. So good yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, that means Dante Fabro, who is an RFA this offseason and is arbitration eligible, is probably going to be kept. At least for another year. At least for another year. I mean, yeah. I, I think Carrier has been much better than Fabro in the overall grand scheme of things. But... If you're selling, then you're not you're not you're not trading Carrier because he's been worse than Fabro. You're trading Carrier because he can get you more value in, in that essence. And you don't um, want to lose him for nothing. And you don't want to lose him for nothing because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, a lot different than being a restricted free agent. Um, let's get caught up on some comments um, here. Stupid Seal on YouTube says St. Louis loses in overtime, now trail by five points with only one game in hand, huge game tomorrow. St. Louis has hit the struggle bus lately, whereas the Predators have not. Two teams going in different directions. Um, man, St. Louis got ran out of the building against Detroit on Saturday. I did watch that they game. I think, I think they I were down that. They were down 4 nothing in the, in the first period. Um, missed a wide open net at one point in that game to get a goal back. Yeah, the, the the Blues are not playing good hockey right now, but they had probably even lower expectations than the Predators did going into this yeah. season. I had them as like the seventh place team in the division, only ahead of the Chicago Blackhawks. So maybe they're coming back down to earth a little bit um, yeah. because their 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 roster is nothing impressive at all. It really isn't. They got a couple decent players. You know, Robert Thomas is a great player, but. They've got a couple okay players, but that roster is nothing impressive. They've kind of just been really playing above what you would think they'd be playing at. Uh, Nikki's in here and says, hey, y'all. Good to see Nikki in mm -hmm. here. 
AJ Evans, another friend of the show who's been on YouTube before. Thank you for joining AJ. He, he says a comment on YouTube here. I mean, I still think they can make the playoffs and sell. The trade deadline is always a seller's market. That it is. Good, good point. You can have your cake and eat it too, like I said. You can sell some of these free agents, unload some players that have value for you right now, and still field a, a team that can make the playoffs. And then you see what happens. Then you Then at least you can tell the fan base, look, we did what we were supposed to do. We 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 traded some of these guys that we knew we were going to lose. They're going to be free agents. We got some draft picks. We got some assets in return. And look, what do you know? We're still winning. We're still we're still playing good hockey. So let's see. I think that's probably the most likely scenario, Max. I think that's yeah. I, think, I think that is what Barry Trotz is trying to figure out right now. He's in yeah. the lab right now, as we speak. Probably, probably not getting a lot of sleep this time of year, and he's trying right. to figure out. He's trying to figure out how he can play both sides of the coin here. Yep, I, I the, agree. The last scenario is Preds throw a curveball to everyone and they add to the roster, which would go into that whole, what, what we just got a comment from someone saying, just don't add any rental players. That's what Joel yeah. says, which is, yeah, they, they don't need to be renting players right now. That'd be That'd be such, not only would that be a really, really risky move because you're basically tying all your eggs into not only are we going to try, try to make the playoffs, but we're going to try to go deep in the playoffs. And you're, you're, you're one or two rental players away from that. And it's not even that impressive of a rental player type of market this year. I mean, only if you're getting a guy that's going to be an RFA or cylinder contract, maybe, but like you're not getting any, don't, don't go after any strict rentals. Like I think, um, I saw earlier potentially Jake Gensel. Don't do that. Yeah, there's there's nothing impressive about this trade deadline market where I would even entertain the Predators to to go rent somebody. Nothing, yeah. no. So that 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 scenario is just as bad as the Preds sitting idle. It might not, might even be worse. So we are on board with the Preds selling cautiously but staying playoff ready. Have your key, have your cake and eat it too. I like that yep. scenario. Yep. All right. Moving along here. Thanks for all the comments tonight on our Catfish Nice YouTube and Facebook community. Also watching on X. If you could, if you're not already, if you could hit subscribe on YouTube or hit follow on our social media sites, hit the like button. It really helps us out a ton to keep this podcast growing here. Going to tell you about... DraftKings and the latest offer right now. Um, as this hockey season just keeps moving along here, just moving at a rapid pace, we know hockey games move fast. But with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly in. Bonus bets, let me pull out my DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and take a look at Thursday's NHL action so that can give you some of DraftKings' lines for that night. Look at some of the matchups. One matchup that really sticks out to me that should be fun, Vegas Golden Knights at the Boston Bruins. Yep, You've got the Boston Bruins as the favorites at minus 155. You can get the Golden Knights as the underdogs at plus 130. Golden Knights, Max, they have 
they're playing that LTIR game again, aren't they? With, uh, they with look, they they might just be. They might Jack just be. Jack Eichel is skating in a red non-contact jersey now. They're stowing Mark him Stone away. One on IR. Mm, those Vegas Golden Knights—they always figure out a way to do it. It's legal. Uh, New York Islanders at the Red Wings. The Red Wings have become a wagon lately. They're mm, really impressing right. me right now. The Red Wings can make some noise in the playoffs, Max. They really could. They can. I know it. Uh, Red Wings are the slight favorites over the Islanders, but not by much. DraftKings thinks that could be a toss-up. Some other matchups that stick out to me tomorrow night. There's a lot of not-so-impressive matchups. We got a good Central Division showdown on Thursday night. The Winnipeg Jets at the Dallas Stars. That is a good one. Surprisingly, probably because they're the home team, the Dal- DraftKings has the Dallas Stars as a minus one thirty-five favorite. If you want to get the, uh, if you want to get the underdog in this matchup and throw a little extra money for better for some higher odds, you can take the Winnipeg Jets in that matchup. That should be a really really good game. And then, of course, let's talk about our Nashville Predators. They host John Hines's Minnesota Wild. That's a big game. It is a big game. It's and draft big game. DraftKings has it virtually as a toss-up with a very slightest of slight slightest edge to the Predators, maybe just because they're the home team. But DraftKings is pretty stumped and has this as a as a toss-up. So yeah, those are some of the DraftKings matchups for tomorrow night that are very interesting that you can use with our promo code THPN. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just five bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777. Say that 10 times fast, please. Or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit. Restrictions, terms, and responsible Gaming resources, NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. All right. Thank you, DraftKings, to our sponsor. Before we move into our final two segments of the night, wanted to bring up something that that was really surprising to me, Max. Got a lot of good comments from it as well. Put out there how rare and how seldom the Preds have picked in the top 10 of the draft in their 24 season history. It's really just crazy to think that an expansion team who did pick in the top 10 for three of their first four years of existence have only picked in the top 10, seven of the 24 seasons they have been in the NHL. That is crazy. And they've only picked in the top 10 twice since 2008. And those two top 10 picks were, Colin Wilson, who ended up being a really good player for this franchise, and Seth Jones, who was traded, of course, for Ryan Johansson. They got nothing to show for top 10 draft picks because they've always been a playoff team. And that's why I give a lot of credence to the to the fans out there that yeah. 
are so annoyed when this happens every year. It's not that they want their team to lose. It's that we see this happen every year. And what do you know? You find the Predators once again picking in the first round of the draft. The only way I push up against that is many of the Predators' best draft picks in their franchise history came second round or later. Second round or later. And I'm going to share some of them. I wrote an article about it on Predlines.com today. If you want to go read it, a look back at the history of the Nashville Predators picking in the top 10. And let me just throw out some players for you that the, some of the franchise all-time greats that were picked outside of the top 10. Roman Yossi was picked in the second round. We know about Pecorine. He was picked in the eighth round. Doesn't even exist anymore. I mean... Shea Weber was picked after the first round. Matthias Ekholm was, was picked after the first round. Victor Arvidsson was picked after the first round. Patrick Hornfist, UC Soros, Martin Erat was a seventh-round pick. He's a top-ten player in this franchise's history, you could argue. So, there, I'm kind of, like, torn. I do I would, do, would love to see the Predators pick in the top ten, but I try to remind people all the time, it is not an exact science. You cannot... The 2023 draft class is not the norm. That draft class was so incredibly deep. I mean, yeah, you want to pick in the top 10 in a draft class like 2023. But not every draft class is going to be that loaded. Yeah. So just because you get a top 10 pick doesn't guarantee you're going to hit a home run. No. There have been some really bad draft classes where no one hit a home run in the top 10, mostly. So. Go ahead. It kind of shows why that, you know, whenever teams get a chance of making the playoffs, they're sometimes we're, they're sometimes just going to say, well, let's see what happens. Because just because you sell off and you're going to get a high pick doesn't mean you're going to hit on that pick at all. Let's say hi to our friend Buster Bennett. Late to the party, but we need to sell. Love that. From YouTube. Thanks, Buster, for joining us. A lot of, a lot of awesome people in here tonight. Our friend. CJ, under under the name Squeegee Dude. What up, everyone? He is our uh, esteemed fantasy hockey commissioner doing an outstanding job. Uh, yeah, good stuff from everyone. Joel on Facebook says he wants uh, Nietzsche's from Carolina. They're cap strap. He's an RFA. I've seen him thrown around. You have to pay him, though. I, and, I could see, him. And, I, and I could see Carolina wanting a goalie, too. So there you have it. Good stuff. All right. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there that I was pretty surprised that the Preds have not picked much in the top 10 in their history. I knew they picked a lot of times in the middle of the rounds. They've got three different scenarios where they've picked 11th overall. And they've taken made some of their best first-round picks in their history at 11th overall. They took Ryan Ellis at number 11. They took Kevin Fiala at number 11. Um, but, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there before we move along here. All right. Let's break down the latest playoff odds from Money Puck. I will get it pulled up on my computer so we have some accurate data. But last time I checked, Max, the Preds were up to 65% chance to make the playoffs. That's a lot. That's up, that, that's up from 25%. Wow. After the St. Louis game, they were sitting at 25%. Because I, I, I remember screenshotting it. They were 25% after they beat St. Louis. 
Now they're up to 65%. Money Puck also does their odds on winning the percent chance of making it to the second round. And they've got a 23% chance for the Predators to make the second round, which would be the first time since 2018. That's just the a little bit below us, the odds of not making the playoffs that were a week ago, I guess. I That's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. That is nice. Yeah. Crazy how and things change. I do got to say, Money Puck, if you look up how they come up with their playoff odds, there is a long, like 20-minute read article explaining their models and how they do these playoff odds and how they they do thousands and thousands of game simulations based on um, all this different data that they acquire, all these people who are much smarter than I'll ever be. Let's put it that way. But yeah. So if you look at the wild card race right now, just let's just look at wild card teams. The Predators have a very healthy lead over the rest of the pack, exclude except for the LA Kings. Let's leave them out of it. The Kings have a 91% chance of making the playoffs according to, to money puck. But you go you go past the Predators and just look at wild card teams in the West. The next closest team in this wild card hunt is the Seattle Kraken at 17%. Then that's the next you, closest team the that's West? surprising. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I can't believe so it's how 65 low. to 17%. Yes, that's how big of a that's how big of a gap. That's so crazy. My, so money That's puck, crazy. money puck is heavily favoring the Preds for whatever reason, based on their models. Maybe it has to do with their remaining schedule. And I and I've looked at the Preds' remaining schedule. And I know we can't just go off what's on paper, but the Preds still have to play play Columbus twice. They still got to play Chicago again. They still got to play San Jose one more time. I believe they've got a lot of weaker, shall we say, opponents left on their schedule still, where they can stack up some more points. So maybe that has something to do with it. But yeah, Seattle at 17%, Minnesota at 14%, Calgary at 13%, and look at St. Louis. They have completely tanked, according to Money Puck. St. Louis has dropped all the way down to 6.5%. What's crazy about all that is Seattle is below Calgary, St. Louis, and Minnesota in the standings right now. They must really love that game in hand they have because... I think that, it just that, has to do. I, I just I, money puck obviously is tracking. There is their game situ, simulations. It's all the different data that goes in. I can't say I understand all of it. I, but I clearly don't. That's what money puck is saying. So I'm not saying that should have anything to do with what Barry Trotz wants to do with the deadline, but it is very, very intriguing nonetheless. Kind of hard see, not to. I'll be honest. Just to, just to see a six-game winning streak and how quickly things can just change the outlook for a team like the Predators is just crazy. And if we really just want to get just ridiculously dumb right now to win the cup, anyone want to guess what the Preds' chances are according to Money Puck? I'm gonna throw a guess out. Throw throw a guess. What are you saying? Two percent. Two percent. Ah, Max, you are so close. You are almost right on the money. According to Money Puck, the Preds have a 1.7% chance to win the Wow. Season. Nice guess there. Nice yeah. guess there from Max. There you go. Um, do you want to guess who the top percent chance is to win the Stanley Cup, according to Money Puck? I'm going to say 
And they have a really Dallas, healthy lead. Dallas. Too. Dallas is a good guess, but no, it's actually the Vancouver Canucks. Interesting. They had they give the Canucks a 15% to win chance to win the cup. The next closest team is the Toronto Maple Leafs at 10 9.8%. The so, Maple Leafs are next? Yes. Man, they would love that. They would NHL would love that in all Canada Stanley Cup final, the Canucks Ugh. and the Maple Leafs. I would hate to see the Leafs go there. Which I don't have any hate for the Canucks. I think it's they're a cool story. I really don't. And they certainly own the Preds. That's if somehow the Preds have to play the Canucks in the first round. Oh yeah, my god! It. I'm just it. it Cause that team that's is what, that's so right now. That right now, that's who we would play. That team is so deep. The Canucks are so deep. They they check every box. It's not a mistake for why they are where they're at right now. I mean, they are. They got Thatcher Demko, so they got the goalie that can carry them. No issues there. They they've got a really strong, deep top six. Yep. They've got a good defense. They've got some really good defensive players that J uh, that just make things happen. They they're they don't have any weaknesses really, as far as I'm concerned. They don't. So they have all they have all the makings to definitely win the cup. So I totally understand why Money Puck has them so high. But um, very interesting stuff. Like I said, uh, if you're looking at uh, the division races and who Money Puck is favoring to finish first in the division, um, pretty standard stuff. They still feel pretty strongly about the Rangers winning their division. They give Winnipeg the best odds in the Central Division to win the division at 59. percent That kind of surprises me that, that they're favoring Winnipeg to win the division over Dallas and Colorado. That surprised me a little bit. Very yeah. interesting stuff there. Latest money uh, playoff odds from Money Puck to make the playoffs. You see it at the bottom of the screen. Uh, in terms of the wild card teams, you've got the Kings at 91%, Preds 65%, Kraken 17%. The team we play on Thursday night, the Wild are down to 14% and so on. So interesting stuff there. Let's close out episode 222 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton and Max Greenberg with a loaded, packed Catfish on Ice community commenting tonight. Everyone has been awesome, brought the hockey knowledge, brought the intensity tonight. We appreciate you so much. Uh, CJ on YouTube says Rick Tocic should be the coach of the year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Rick Tocic of the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's any way he doesn't win it this year. Um, all right. Last segment of the night, Max. Let's get back into that UC Soros talk. I know, I know we've been talking about it so much, but you can't can't not talk about it. I mean, we are right. a Predators podcast. The rest of the NHL is talking about it. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. All right, Max. I want to hear it. Pitch it to me right now. What would you have to get to pull the trigger on trading UC Soros? What is your rock bottom? This is what you have to give me. Throw me right, throw out so a trade. You I'm don't have to get super detailed, but throw me throw out. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll get detailed. I'll get detailed. Pretty detailed here. Love so it. bring the details. So I'm going to start here, and I normally think believe I wouldn't do this, but I'm going to pump my own tires a little bit because a few weeks ago I was um <clears throat> I was on CapFriendly.com, which I'm sure most people watching are familiar with CapFriendly, but if you don't know what it is, it's um basically it, it, it an encyclopedia. It's a user's guide on you know salary cap player contracts it's everything you need to know about the business side of how hockey works and in that website you can um 
you can actually do mock trades. And I was doing that for the Preds two weeks ago. And I put for UC Soros and I did a mock trade with the New Jersey Devils. I said what I would want from if I were Barry Trotz, what I would want from the Devils. And again, everyone knows if the Preds are trading UC Soros, you have to hurt the opposition to do it. You're not trading for anything that's light or anything where you're even concerned that it's an underpay. No, you're 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 not concerned about making a fair deal. Any no, you're concerned about getting a ton, robbing the op- go, going to jail for 25 years. You rob them so bad, <laughs> kind of move. That's what you want if you're trading UC Soros away. But anyway, I had from New Jersey Devils. I had I wanted Dawson Mercer. Yes, that's um, who I was gonna. Yep. That's the player I was gonna bring up. Love it. Yep, Dawson Mercer, Seamus Casey, who's a right defense prospect who's been who's really high up in their prospect pool. Akira okay. Schmid, who's one of their back goaltenders now. A 2024 first round pick, a 2025 second round pick, and a 2025 fourth round pick. But but a few last week I saw all of that, that Trotz, straight up for Soros. The the Predators don't put anything else to, to the devils. Nothing else. It's all straight up for Soros. All of that. Well here's what I'm about to get to. Here's about to get to. Last week I had heard, and this is where I'm going to pump my tires a bit. Last week I, I saw in an article that Trotz asked he wanted to trade Soros and Alexander Carrier to retain 50% on Carrier. What he wanted to return, he wanted Mercer, Seamus Casey, Akira Schmid, a first rounder and a second rounder. He didn't have the fourth round pick in there, but I was so close. Now you're speaking that, my like, language. And you can, you can, I have receipts. You can ask multiple people. I said to multiple group chats. Everywhere I, I believe, you. I, believe I believe, but I, I was like dead on right there. But here's my thought a little bit with the Preds in the win streak now and the um asking price for stars being high enough anyway. Why don't you now try and swing for the fence to get that package that I would do straight up? Because I'm I just think it, it could be end up being a fatal, fatal mistake. But Barry Trotz is intensely loyal to UC Soros. And he's even been he's been even rumored. I think Frank Saravelli came out and said it. Let me pull up the quote real quick, or let me pull up what Frank Sar Frank Saravelli put out for Daily Faceoff. Put out a um, an inter- interesting article. I think it was yesterday um, about what his sources are saying in terms of Barry Trotz's thinking around trading UC Soros. Let me pull it up here. It's it's kind of far down my timeline here but um let me find it basically what Saravelli is seeing is that trots owes it sees it as he owes it to the his locker room to keep uc soros on this team is what i'm seeing and what let me pull up the article right now so i can get the exactly so this was written on February 27th. So let me get down to the UC Soros section just so I can make sure I don't twist Frank Saravelli's words here. So yeah, uh, Saravelli obviously calls uh, Soros a super premium. Barry Trotz told Saravelli in November that he was looking to sign the 28-year-old backbone of his franchise to an extension. Then reports surfaced that Preds might have to consider a move well, at least one team has been very interested in Soros over the last week, which is believed to be the Devils. That's what we've yep. all heard. That's the team. That's the main team. But 
The caveat was always if the Preds fall out of the mix over the next nine days, all bets are off and we'll never say never if there's an offer they can't refuse. Well, now we know what happened since then. The Preds have won six games in a row. But here is the quote I was trying to find to make sure I don't mess it up from Cerebelli. In this article, Cerebelli says, the sense is Trotz feels like he owes it to his team to keep Soros. They have also now won six straight and sit in the final wildcard spot. So that's the biggest thing I got from that whole section. He owes it to his team to keep Soros. So what I see from that, if his sources are correct and his thinking is correct, Trotz does not want to derail the push for the playoffs and trade Soros. He does, maybe he just does not have enough faith that Kevin Lankinen can hold this team together to make the playoffs. And that could end up being a very fatal mistake by Trotz. Let's say this team misses the playoffs, even if they do keep Soros. Ooh, you're going to hear a lot of really loud criticism for Trotz. If he doesn't trade Trot or doesn't trade Soros, and then Soros falls apart down the stretch, has another really bad stretch, or let's say, you know, a lot of things can happen, but let's just say the Preds don't make the playoffs. Oh, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get really ugly. So if you keep, if you keep, if you don't trade Soros, you better make sure you make the playoffs. And not only that, you better make sure you have a really strong showing in those playoffs. Yeah. I mean, part of it, and again, you know, I say this, I'm not, not again, like Chad has said, not trying to, necessarily call Trotz's bluff but again you know you just never know what's going to happen with you know what these guys say just straight up and he could be toying with us he could yeah be he could be and that's what I'm saying if that's could potentially make the devils or another team think wow like if they're really gonna they're if they're gonna trade sorrows it's gonna be have to literally move the heavens and the earth to get it done so they're thinking okay well maybe if we want to get it done we got to put even more in there. So you you never know if it's like I said the word the word we used earlier gamesmanship to try and or uh, offer something that's like absolutely what, uh, just out of this world. Or like what our friend Buster Bennett on YouTube says, it's you a trot, it's it, that's another good term that I was trying to dig out. It's a trot smoke screen. Yeah. Again, like I say, GMs never want to give a full clue to their fellow GMs as to what they're going to do. You do that you lose bargaining power. That's and here's another works. here's the thing too. If you don't trade him, obviously, you better you're gonna have to resign him to a long-term extension. Absolutely. Because what are you gonna? I mean, sure, you could go into next season and trade him, but his value is gonna be way lower next season because yes. at that point he's going to be a rental, and teams are gonna know that he's due for a big raise. And so the the the, the pool of teams who you can trade with are is gonna shrink. And you're not going to get nearly as high of offers. Um, and whereas this year, you get two playoff runs out of Soros if you trade for him right now as a contender. Uh, so the the value is never going to be higher than now on Soros. So maybe, the only, the, maybe in the offseason. Maybe in the offseason. It could happen in the offseason. But even then, it just doesn't seem as likely. So yeah. Y- I think if you don't trade him, then that means he's getting a long-term extension. And then you start asking, well, then what's going to happen with Iroslav Askarov? But we'll, we've talked about that a lot, and we'll have plenty of time in the near future to talk about that more. So let's get into one last comment here before we close out episode 222 of Catfish and Ice. That's from our friend CJ. He says on YouTube, I did think about this. He won't trade Soros because he wants to monitor how Askarov does in the AHL playoffs 
to help his growth and see how much success he can have. Maybe question mark. I can see that. So that's yeah. true. Cause if you do trade Soros, then Iskarov is going to get called up. Oh, you're pretty much, you're pretty much saying if you trade Soros, you're saying we believe Iskarov is our guy and we have no yeah. two thoughts about it. And uh, do we have enough, do we have enough on Iskarov to fully trust him to be ready for a full-time NHL role? Of you're course, he, there. I mean, he could back up Kevin Lankin in for one year. You, you re-sign Lankin in for one more year. And, uh, and and go with that, but there's no guarantee that Lankanen is going to resign here. He's a he's an unrestricted free agent. Lankanen might say, "I don't want to sign for one year. I want to go here." Uh, yeah. Why would I want to sign one year at a place that I'm about to be replaced anyway? Lankanen might have bigger bigger plans of wanting to be a full time starter. So you can't just expect Lankanen is going to want to stay here as a free agent. So there's a lot of uncertainty, and I've been I'm not saying I'm the only one. But I've been calling this for over a year. I've been bringing this up. You saw it coming down the pipe. All you had to do was look at Saros's contract starting to run down. Y- you saw, you knew that Irislava Scar. Ever since Irislava Scarv was drafted in 2020, right. you saw this day creeping up. You just, at the time when Scarv was drafted, p- people brought it up, including myself. We all, the first thing we said was, Wow, first of all, teams don't normally draft a goalie that high. Second of all, Askarov is one of the best goalie prospects in a long time. And thirdly, what does that mean for UC Soros? And now here we are in 2024, and that that day has come to reckoning. It really has. Yeah. Decisions have to be made sooner or later. Good stuff there. All right. It's been a great episode. DraftKings, promo code THPN. Make sure you sign up for that if you haven't already. It's been an awesome, awesome community of fans who have stepped into the show and made this show really, really outstanding. All the credit goes to our awesome viewers and listeners tonight. We love all of you. Let's get a couple more. Omar jumps in late but says on YouTube, thanks for the press talk. Keep keeping me entertained at work. That is a late night shift. Woo! Oh, way. Well, Omar, thank you for joining us at work. <laughs> um, we won't tell the boss. Maybe you are the boss. I don't know. <laughs> but um, either way, appreciate you, Omar. And then also, Nikki, real quick, we'll get her in. She gets the last call tonight. She says, that was a huge reason Reason that shorter-term deal for Saros was in place also. It's the window here for sure. They got to make a call. Awesome. Buster also says he's in it at work right now so we're just helping out we're helping out all the people at work tonight all right everybody all right time to get back to work everybody but thank you everyone we'll see you soon hit us up on social media we're always around we always love talking talking with you guys until then enjoy the rest of your weeks this has been catfish nice episode 222 with your host chad minton and max greenberg we will see you soon everybody take care see you guys later